Um, for six days, Joni and I were in Florida for a conference for the district leaders. South Dakota is one of those uh, districts for the Assemblies of God. That is the denomination that we are a part of and, and glad to be so. And for six days, Joni and I were at a conference for the leaders of all of the different districts. Um, we were in Florida. We did not vote in Florida. People have asked me that. Did you vote in Florida as well? No, that's only in Illinois that you can go and vote uh, uh, multiple times. No, I'm kidding. Um, this is going out online, right? Uh, and, and so we did not vote there. We did that before we left. There were, uh, during that time, there were a lot of training sessions. It was a very, very full schedule. We arrived back Friday night. Our refrigerator, when we got back uh, later on Friday, our refrigerator was absolutely empty. Our, uh, our daughter, who lives in Pierre, came over for a couple of days. Our son, who has an apartment here in town, decided to move back into the house, and they ate all of our food. Uh, I mean, kids, how, how, many here, how many here know that kids are like locusts? I mean, they clean it all up. And we came back, and yesterday morning we went to the refrigerator. There's one egg in the refrigerator. There's no meat in there, no milk. Everything's gone. Um, and uh, so, so I said, Joni, you eat the egg. I'm going to go to McDonald's. I went to McDonald's, and I'm in line. It's a pretty long line. I'm, I'm getting my biscuit, and uh, I'm getting my biscuit, and uh, got up to the, the window, and somebody said, hey, that guy, three uh, cars up, paid for yours. I looked. So to the, uh, this, is, this, is, this is all I have left, but I want to thank the, I don't know who you are, but I want to thank the owner of the bright blue Dodge pickup who bought my breakfast. And so thank you. Um, I, I, uh, I, uh, uh, they still had your number and I got a sack of uh, hamburgers to go as well. So thank you so much. Um, so then I, after, that, uh, after that, I came into my office and sitting on my desk, when I arrived in the office yesterday morning was uh, this hat, uh, this hat right here, sitting right on my desk, and I thought, okay, okay, that'll be, it's a collector's item right there, but then I looked closely, and it says, make America grateful again. I like that. Make America grateful again, and... Um, uh, I'm, 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 I'm not much of a hat guy, but I might wear this one. I like that message. Make America grateful again. How many know that we need to be grateful people? As followers of Jesus Christ, of all people, we have the most to be thankful for. So I, I like that. And then I also had, and I think I have a copy here, uh, I have just a copy of the agenda. The staff, uh, our pastoral staff were uh, covered things while we were gone, and, and I was just reminded how grateful I am for them as well. So I just, well, I just want to take a few minutes there and express gratitude for uh, people who give us hats and, and, and cover things while we're gone and, and, and buy us uh, sausage biscuits. Thank you so much. It is really good to be back here. It is good to be home. I love South Dakota, and I love it even more after being in Florida, I got to tell you. I wonder if anybody's watching from Florida down there today. I had a message prepared. I mentioned before that we had a lot of sessions. I prepared much of it before we left. In fact, here it is. This is the, this is the message. I prepared much of it before we left. I finished it off in the hotel room between our sessions, did a lot of study, and I put a lot of work into 
into putting messages together that I, I, I've never pulled from someone else. I, I, I don't just pull something out of a book. I, I don't do that. I don't get someone else's message online. I, I very faithfully and, and carefully prepare and prayerfully prepare. Uh, but towards the end of the week, um, as the closer we got to Friday and our departure from there to come back here, I very much knew that I was to put that on hold and, uh, and pull the family together. I mentioned that while we were down there, it was a pretty full schedule, but I have to say right up front, my heart was very heavy. Joni and I were looking forward to getting away. Uh, it's always nice to get away. We were gone a few days in, in, uh, in May of this year, and, and it's always nice to change up the, the, the location and the schedule a little bit. We were looking forward to getting down there, but I have to tell you that the entire time that I was there, Though it was busy, more than that, my heart was very, very heavy. My heart was heavy for many of the needs that are represented here in this room today. You have to understand, if you don't know me, and maybe you're new at AFA or you're just starting to, to follow us online, I've never been that kind of a pastor who just says, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to do the job nine to five, preach to those people, not really have much of a relationship with them. But as I walk this journey with people, um, when they hurt, I hurt. When they go through something, we feel it as well. Both Joni and I have always done that in our, in our 30 years of pastoral ministry. And, and, and so with a, with a heavy heart and coming into, into this Sunday, I very much wanted to pull our, our family together. You ever do that? You ever do that as a family? You, something big happens or or something happens that you need to inform everyone, and maybe the kids are small, or, or maybe they're back visiting, and, and, and you pull them together, and it's maybe at a Christmas time or some event, and you say, let's just have a family meeting. We had a meeting like that a few months ago, actually a little bit more than that, a couple of years ago almost now, when my dad passed away. and We just pulled our family together and, and we rejoiced together, but we had a family meeting. Those are important times. The, this morning I want to have a family meeting. So I'm glad that you're here this morning or I'm very glad that you're following us online and I want you to know that everyone who's listening to this is a part of this conversation. Today I want to have a family meeting. I want to talk about some things. I want to share. I just want to pull you together because my heart is heavy for my my heart is heavy for my church family. My heart is heavy for some of what you're going through, some things that I know, some many things that I don't. But my heart is heavy and has been. I want you to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 8. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles. Wherever you are, if you're at home, just go ahead and turn there. Matthew chapter 8, first gospel in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 8. Let me give you a little heads up while you're turning there. In Matthew 8, Jesus is with his disciples, his 12 first followers, and uh, a lot of things have been happening. Jesus was teaching, this is still relatively early in his three-year public ministry. Jesus had been teaching. If you have a red-letter edition of the Bible, you know the words of Jesus there in red. Much of that was teaching. 
He's, he's, he's directing people, bringing kingdom truths to them. He is also working miracles. And you can understand, when word got out that Jesus was a miracle worker, then many more people would come. Somebody's healed and they go back and they get their cousin. They get their child. They get their parent, their, their friend, and they bring them. And, and there's so much going on. And the disciples are doing a lot of learning. <laughs> I don't know if their heads hurt by the end of the day, but those disciples are, are learning. Jesus was teaching. Jesus was working miracles. And the disciples were learning. Matthew chapter 8, verse 18 says this. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. We also refer to this lake as the Sea of Galilee. Jesus gave orders, it said, to cross to the other side of the, the lake. There were many people. There were, there were so many needs. I can't imagine the needs that came out of the woodwork when people found out that Jesus was in town, that Jesus was nearby. And people would bring all of those sick people and those wounded people and those hurt people and those fragmented people. And he would teach them and he would work those miracles but I want you to please notice here it says Jesus gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. God had a plan. He had a plan for the other side of the lake, not just this side of the lake. And then 10 verses later, jump down the first seven words of verse 28. The verse, first seven words of verse 28 tell us this. When Jesus arrived at the other side. When Jesus arrived at the other side. So again, in verse 18, Jesus said, we're going to the other side. And in verse 28, it says, they arrived at the other side. Now, if those two verses were, were next to each other, it wouldn't mean much and it wouldn't even hardly bear pointing out. But they're not next to each other. It was the verses between their departure and their arrival that made those two things worth recording. That's why they're there. In verse 18, Jesus said, we're going to the other side. In verse 28, they arrived at the other side. Look at verse 23. Go down to verse 23. It reads this. It tells us this. Jesus got into the boat and his disciples followed him. You know, that's not hard to imagine, is it? I, I, I don't know what the, the fishing boats back then looked like, but I probably wasn't overly big. Had a sail in the middle, had uh, sides where you would throw the nets over. It was a fishing boat. This is the Sea of Galilee, and many of these people that were his followers were fishermen. They knew all about time on the water. And it says here again, they got into the boat and his disciples followed him. I want you to notice who got into the boat first. And I want you to notice who gave orders to go to the other side. They were in the boat because Jesus got in the boat. They were in the boat because Jesus said, The disciples doing what disciples do says they followed him. Now, <clears throat> again, that in itself is not really the main part of the story. It's, it's in verse 24 where things began to be very interesting. It says this, Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. 
Now it says here suddenly, uh, but I'm thinking it probably happened not when they were on the shore, otherwise they wouldn't have left the shore. But probably they're partway across. I, I've been on the Sea of Galilee, and I want to say it's like 13 miles. I forget the exact, but it's not. It's a big lake, but it's not, it's not like the ocean. But they're, they're partway across. And it says here, suddenly a furious storm came up. The waves swept over the boat. Uh, three things about the storm are described, and they're, they're all significant. Number one, it said it was sudden. Number two, it says it was furious. And the third thing is that the waves were bigger than the boat. Please notice that. It was a sudden storm, it was a furious storm, and the waves that it created were bigger than the boat. The waves swept over the boat. This means that the timing of the storm and the the nature of the storm and the size of the storm were all unexpected. (laughs) When they got into the boat, they didn't know how sudden it was going to be, how furious it would become, and they didn't know that the waves were going to be so big that they were bigger than the boat. That's what this tells us. Now, I've spent very little time on the water, and I'm really okay with that. Because I've spent little time on the water, I I would be very insecure in this situation. But these, again, many of these people were, were fishermen. They'd spent time on the water, and others, even if they weren't fishermen, they were so aware of this that they too had probably spent a great deal of time on the water. But it would be fascinating to see this scene as it happened. I want you to use your imagination, that wonderful gift that God gave you for a few minutes to imagine this scene. Imagine it as it happened. The best part of the scene, however, I think, would be the scene of Jesus. Because at the end of verse 24, it says this, but Jesus was sleeping. Do you see that there? says, but Jesus was sleeping. Now Mark's gospel, uh, Mark in his gospel, uh, adds that Jesus was asleep on a cushion and he was in the stern or the back of the boat. So I want you to use your imagination. Here's Jesus. He, this storm is, is uh, sudden. It's, it's furious. The waves are bigger than the boat. But Jesus is in the back of the boat. He's sitting on some kind of a cushion. I would think that would be something that they would typically sit on. But Jesus is there in the boat and he is asleep. Now I have seen, I have seen many wonderful paintings uh, of Jesus, right, in one place or another. Uh, And so have you. Uh, Some of you have traveled or you've seen books where these are are copied, and and we've seen a lot of pictures of Jesus. We've we've all seen pictures of Jesus in a manger. You're going to see a lot of those kinds of pictures in, in coming weeks. We've seen pictures of Jesus being baptized. We've seen pictures of Jesus in a garden or on a mountain or with a multitude of people. And of course, we've seen pictures of Jesus on a cross but I've never seen this scene painted. Now, maybe it has been, uh, and, and if you're aware, then show me a picture later on, but, but I've never seen this particular scene painted of Jesus. Wouldn't it be a great picture? Wouldn't that be a great picture? 
I mean, if you could somehow, and some people are so gifted to capture that, it'd be a great picture. Uh, the, the, the picture would look something like this. The, the boat is, is rocking. You know, it's, it's tilted at an angle. The wind is blowing, and so the, the sail is, I, I imagine, is shredded, and, and the water is spraying, and, 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 and the waves are, are, here comes one that, that is just looks so big on canvas, it's about ready to swamp the boat. And of course, and I don't know how you would do this, but, but somehow you would capture the disciples screaming. Now, you see, if, you got to do that. So again, imagine this picture. Boat rocking, wind blowing, water spraying, disciples screaming. But in the middle of the picture, there on a cushion near the back of the boat, Jesus sleeping. If I were painting that picture, I would put Jesus, that as the central part of the picture. I would put maybe a little bit more light on that part of it. Jesus was sleeping. Now imagine that. Here's how I imagine it. He's on the cushion. We know that. He's at the back of the boat. We know that. But I I imagine him like this. His head is back. Of course, his eyes are closed. Uh, His, stay with me, his mouth is open. How many here sleep with your mouth open? Come on, can I have a word of, yeah. Now, some of you think, oh, that's, no, he's got to look bad. No, I think he slept with his mouth open. I think, I, I imagine him lying there, all of that, his mouth open, and, and I don't know how you would capture this on canvas, but he's snoring. He's snoring. I think he's got one hand behind his head, his legs crossed over each other. He's just lounging out, and he is totally out. Jesus, it says, was sleeping. Now, I don't know if they heard him. I don't know if they could hear him snoring or heavy breathing over the ferocity of the wind, but it irritated the disciples. It annoyed, no, in in fact, I'm going to go so far as to say I think it angered the disciples. You ever, you ever in, a, in a very difficult situation and you look at somebody near you and they are totally oblivious to it and, and, and they're having a wonderful day. You're having like the worst day ever and they're having like the best day. Does that ever annoy you? Like how dare you? How dare you have a good day on my awful day? These disciples, they're irritated, they're annoyed, they're angered. Verse 25 says, The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Again, Mark, in his gospel, adds that they, said, adds that they also said this, don't you care if we drown? Which is really probably one of the most stupid statements ever made by anybody in the Bible. Because if anybody ever cared, it was Jesus. But they said, don't you care if we drown? Let me just pause in the narrative here for a moment. It can be easy when we're in a storm to mistake Jesus' calm with a lack of concern. Don't mistake His calm in your storm for a lack of concern for your storm. I have known people that are furious at Jesus because he did not display the same degree of panic that they were experiencing. 
Jesus is asleep in the boat. I wonder if these, by these statements, Mark said, don't you care if we're about to drown here? They said, we're, we're going to drown. I wonder if they had forgotten what Jesus said. Remember the first verse that we read back in verse 18? Jesus had said this, we are crossing over to the other side. Jesus had made it very clear. We are crossing over to the other side. If Jesus said, we are crossing over to the other side, then somehow, someway, we're going to get to the other side. They didn't know Jesus like we know Jesus. In some ways they knew Him differently, certainly. But again, it can be very easy, isn't it? It can be very easy in the middle of something big to forget what Jesus said. Let me say that again. It can be very easy when we're in the middle of something big, when we're having the worst time of our life, when we're going through a season that is more difficult perhaps than any other we've gone through, it can be very easy to forget what Jesus said. We can encounter some sudden and furious and overwhelming storms. They come up again suddenly. They come up with ferocity. They come up with, with, we're wondering if we're going to make it. We wonder if we're going to make it. We wonder if we're actually going to survive. We can forget what Jesus said. We can forget that Jesus said, We're going to the other side. Halfway through this last week, I was enduring a sizable and significant internal storm. I doubt that anyone other than Joni knew what was going on. You know, wives, uh, it is so annoying, wives have a way of of knowing what's going on in your head. Uh, it really annoys me that she knows that. And she said, what is going on with you? She says, I see something in your eyes. And I, I shared with her, but she, most of it was not a surprise to her. It was really the sum of some things. It wasn't just one event or one thing, but it was really just the accumulation of many. Uh, it, it was... It was, it was seven or eight months now, I lose track, of, of demands, and I'm, I'm telling you you're well aware of this, but demands unlike, uh, with different demands than I've ever had before. With, with, with things that we had to do differently because, because of all what's happening in our nation. Uh, the wearing effect that that has. It was the sum of an, an election that, that happened and will change our nation. It was a referendum that will change our state. It, it's, it's great needs within... Again, I was at this conference for Assemblies of God leaders, and, and, and it's good. We have a wonderful organization, but boy, there's some great needs that are, that are there some great needs within that fellowship, and those were weighing on me, and, and precious people in our church who are suffering, 
people that are like brothers and sisters to me and my heart is heavy, heavy for them. Some needs that you know and others that you, you don't and people that are hurting deeply in their homes and in their bodies, in their marriages. Their families who are hurting. Their families who are, who are agonizing with them and feeling the weight of this themselves even more so. Tasks that were given me that, were often, that are often heavy. Members of my own family who are very, very ill. The statements of others that, that throughout the week were very affirming but distracting. I wasn't feeling depressed, nor am I depressed now. I, I don't know that it's been many years since I've ever experienced, I think, what would be characterized as depressing. I just, I just felt overwhelmed by the, by the accumulated weight, the combined weight of it all. When you go through times like this, you have to be careful that you don't project those feelings on other people. So I'm not doing that now, but don't raise your hands. But have you ever felt something like that? Like, man, just is there going to be one more thing that's going to come and just weigh us down? You ever go through seasons like that? It's just one more thing. When is it going to stop? When is, when is the weight of that going to lift? It's so heavy. I've been there before. I, 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 I have... I have been serving Jesus long enough and, and I've been in the ministry for long enough the majority of my life that, that I, I've been there before where the waves seem bigger than the boat. So I knew I had to step away from the rest of the group and just get on my knees. We were in a in one of the sessions, it was just it was just entirely praise and prayer, um, mostly mostly just people standing and worshiping the Lord, and it was refreshing. It's really nice being being for both Joni and I being someplace where uh, we had no responsibilities in the service itself. That was one of those occasions. There's about 200 of us, maybe 180 people in the room, and uh, about halfway through, I. It was a room about this size, maybe a little smaller, and and I know maybe just a little bit larger. And and I just had to, I had to go clear over to one side and kind of kind of sit over in this area, kind of kind of where Jake is there. I kind of went clear over to that side, out of the way, out of people's line of sight, and and it was kind of a darker corner. And I got down on my knees and I just said, "Oh God, you have to care, you have to, you have to take this." The Bible says that we are to cast our cares on Him because He cares for us. You see, I've learned that. I've learned that when the waves seem bigger than the boat, I just have to go and spend time with Jesus and focus on the center of the picture, and that is Jesus in the boat. I found that it's very easy to look at the perimeter of the picture, the shrieking wind, the screaming disciples, the fear on other people's faces, the, the waves that are just breaking and seem to overwhelm. I've found that in those times, it is so important for followers of Jesus Christ to push it all aside and say, 
I'm going to go and I'm going to spend time with the one who is the calm in the storm. See, I've learned that. So I did that. I didn't care what anyone else thought. I didn't care what they said about me, and I'm sure nothing was. didn't matter. I needed to get my attention upon the one who is the calm in the storm. And I had my Bible with me, and I'm opening it up, and I'm looking at scriptures and promises that essentially say this, we're going to the other side. You ever feel that way in the middle of your own storms? You ever felt that way? Have you ever been in a place where you're wondering, not, uh, I suppose maybe literally, but more figuratively, where you feel like you're going to drown? Like if there's just one more inch of this, I'm not going to make it. You ever been there? You ever been in a place where you're just wondering, I I don't know how much longer I can hold out. Maybe you've wondered when Jesus is going to do something about this. And because he is not yet, you get angry or annoyed. When are you going to get me out? When are you going to stop it? There in Matthew chapter 8, the disciples, it says, went to Jesus and they said, Lord, save us. They essentially said this, if you don't do something, we're just not going to make it. If you don't do something, we're not going to make it. You see, we're kind of hard on them, especially from Mark's gospel, where they said, you know, do you not care but you know, at least they went to Jesus. At least they knew that this isn't going to be a matter of rowing harder or getting a better boat or jumping overside and swimming for shore. God bless them. At least they said, we better go wake up Jesus. Thankfully, they remembered, hear me, thankfully they remembered that Jesus was in the boat and they knew that He alone could save them. If you hear nothing else this morning, I want you to hear this. If you have surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, glory to God, He is in your boat. Let me put that another way. If you've surrendered your life to Jesus, glory to God, you're in His boat. Remember, He got into the boat first, and wherever Jesus is in a boat, that is his boat. When you surrendered your life to Christ, you gave your life to him, wherever it was, whatever age it was, you said, Lord, from this point on, I'm going to do what you call me to do. I'm going to go where you want me to go. I'm going to do what you call me to do. If you say we're going to the other side, I'm going to go. We're going to... If you say get in the boat and there's a storm on the horizon, well, I don't know, but I'd rather trust you. I would rather be in the boat with you during the storm than outside your boat and outside the storm. I want to be where Jesus is. 
Jesus was in the boat, and he knew that they alone could say. Verse 26, Jesus said this to the terrified disciples. And, and there's some admonition here. He said, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Uh, that word afraid, let me just pause for a moment. That word afraid, that is a, a variation of the word fear. Listen to me. Fear is a powerful thing. And there have been a lot of people, there have been a lot of people who look at the size of the waves and they forget the size of their Lord and they give in to fear. Jesus said this, you have little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he, that is Jesus, got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. Wouldn't that be a cool thing to see? I don't know how you, I, there, there'd be another picture, the before and the after. <laughs> the sail is limp, uh, the, the waters are glassy, the, 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 the eyes of the disciples are, are, are open and they're looking around and and, and Jesus is still in the center of the picture and he's smiling. The calm was complete. The other, gospel, other gospels say it was immediate. It was a miracle. It's one of the most dramatic miracles recorded in the gospels. So not surprisingly, verse 27 says this. The men, that is the other disciples in the boat, the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the wind, the winds and the waves, plural, the winds and the waves obey him. What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. You see, they're still learning who Jesus was, who Jesus is. They're still learning. They're, they're, they're beginning to understand that, that, that Jesus is, is the one who created it all. One of the guys in the boat was a man named John. In his gospel, in the first chapter, he talks about how everything is created by him. I can't help but wonder if when the Holy Spirit inspired him to write that, he remembered back years before to his time in the boat when Jesus spoke to the wind and the wind obeyed. Jesus spoke to the waves, and the waves obeyed. They were learning that Jesus was greater than any storm, and that the storms, in fact, answered to Jesus. Because of the storm, because of the storm, and the way He calmed it from that day forward, they began to view Jesus differently. Thank God for the storm. Because they learned that they could put their trust in Him and in Him alone. Why is this here? I mean, why is this here in, in Matthew chapter 8? Why is it there in Mark's gospel and Luke's gospel? Why is it recorded? It's there to show us that we are in the boat because He called us to be with Him. They weren't there by accident. They weren't there by choice. Right now, some of you are going through some enormous storms. Now, granted, let me be very clear. There are some storms that can come our way. There are some really difficult times that can come our way because, of, because we're stupid and because we do dumb things. Hear me? Been there. But there are other storms that we go through because we are totally in the will of God. He told them to get into the boat. He was the first in the boat, and they followed him. Jesus wasn't surprised by the storm or the ferocity of the storm. 
They were in God's will. If we are in his boat, he's going to lead us through some really challenging times. But this is also here to show us that if we're with him, we will make it to the other side. Let me say that again. Now, I don't know if some of you are sleeping, but, but let me say that again. Uh, if, if Jesus told us to get in the boat and he said we're going to the other side, glory to God, we're going to get to the other side. We, we look at our world around us and we're going, oh, bad news, oh, bad news, oh, bad news. And there's plenty of bad news. But glory to God, this book says we win. We're going to make it to the other side. Jessica Rohrbach. Jessica, wave your hand. She's in back. She gives me every Sunday morning, she brings me water. Thank you, Jessica. Brings it to my office. We have a little me. She's sitting in my chair in my office this morning, and we're talking, and she said, Pastor, I'm looking forward to heaven. I said, I'm looking forward to heaven too. I said, what are you looking forward to? She says, I want to see Jesus when we get to heaven. I said, that's the best thing in heaven. Best person in heaven, excuse me. That's the best... That, that's, that's, there's nothing better that we're going to see uh, than, than, than Jesus in heaven. And then she said this. She says, but I'm not done here yet. And I thought, amen, Jessica. I said, we're not done here yet. See, we're going to get to the other side. Folks, the, the, the stupid that is going on in the world, someday it's all going to be done. But we still got to live in the stupid while it's here. But we're going to make it to the other side. And he's going to help us, right? We're not done yet. Boy, as soon as she said that, I thought, yeah, that's just, that, is, that, is, that is spot on. I'm looking forward to heaven. We're going to get to the other side. But, but right now, we're in the middle of the sea, and sometimes it's stormy, but glory to God, Jesus said we're going to the other side. We're going to make it. It also shows us that there's nothing that is a surprise to him. Jesus didn't wake up some morning and go, oh, didn't see that coming. Didn't know that was... No, he, he, it was sudden. The storm was sudden to them, but it wasn't sudden to Jesus. I find great comfort in knowing that while I cannot know the future, I serve the one who holds the future in his hand. And I don't know what's coming. I really don't. But I have tremendous peace. And can I even say this? Amazing optimism. Not because I'm an optimist by nature, but because I have faith in Jesus Christ that the one who said we're going to make it, we're going to make it. So I am not going to let anyone or anything stop or steal my praise of Him. He's taken me to the other side. We're going to win. It shows us that in present storms and in storms to come, he's going to reveal himself in greater ways. Had there never been a storm, we would have never seen the amazing degree of that miracle. Hear me. You're in a very, very difficult time. Then we need to trust God for a very, very amazing miracle. And it builds our faith. I mentioned that they never looked at Jesus the same way. This, he's the one who calms storms. Later on, these disciples, they would, 
Jesus would die on the cross, be raised from the dead, ascend into heaven, send his Holy Spirit. And we see some of their accounts in the book of Acts. And oh, whew, some of the storms that they faced, oh man, bigger than that one that they found on the Sea of Galilee. But they knew this, regardless of what was going to happen. In fact, Mark, Mark was not one of the disciples, but Mark at the end of his gospel, Mark said this, that, 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 that as, as the Lord directed them and as the Lord helped them, they went and they did what God called them to do. They went, they went through more storms, but they knew that they served the one who was the peace in the storm. This morning, I want to pray for you. Again, uh, this disclaimer, I want to be very careful that the storms that that I have been going through, and really, uh, by the way, when I got up from that time of prayer, uh, storms hadn't stopped. I just was focused again on the one who's the calm in the storm, right? It didn't change any of these things uh, that I know of, but I know this, that Jesus brought calm to me. So, so this morning, I want to pray for you. Uh, just because uh, I have been feeling some of these things, that doesn't mean that you are but, but if you're not now, you will face another storm, and I want to pray for you. So a little while ago, I had you stand, and, and, and I, want to pray for, I, I want you to do the same again this morning. I want to pray over you. I want everyone, if you can, please to stand and stay where you are. In a few moments, these altars are going to be open, and, and as, as, as we always do these, if you want to come and pray at the close of this service, then please do so. If you want to be like me and just slip away over to an obscure corner, man, if you want to go to the back row of the balcony and just into a dark place and get on your face before God, last one out, just lock up the door when you leave. This is here for you. But while I have you together, not only those here in this room, but those who are engaging with us online, I want you to, again, just... In an, in an attitude of receptivity, just put your hands out. See, if I give you something, if I, if I gave you, you, you something or, or I blessed you, the, biblically, the, the, the way that it would be done it would be they would re put their hands out like this. I'm a pastor. God called me here. Very grateful for that. There's nothing special about me, but I do believe that there's something very, very powerful when a pastor blesses people of his church. So I want, to, I want to bless you today. I want to pray for you. I want you to receive something from the Lord that is going to bring you through the storm. It's going to carry you through. It's going to remind you we're going to the other side. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you called us. I thank you, Lord, that you called us, that you, you saved us. When we gave our lives to you, we abandoned our boat and we got in yours. So first of all, in this prayer of blessing, I thank you that you called us. I thank you for telling us ahead of time that we are going to the other side. Jesus, we do not have an empty hope that maybe this will all work out. Maybe there's something good ahead of us. You told us ahead of time that you are preparing a place for us. And someday, Lord, there are going to be no more storms. 
No more waves, no more wind, no more fear. Right now, Lord Jesus, I thank you that it's enough to know that that is ahead of us. Thank you for telling us ahead of time that we're going to the other side. Remind us today, Lord, I pray this blessing. Remind us that you are with us, that you are our present help in our time of need. So Lord, I pray this over my brothers and my sisters. Remind them that they're not alone. Lord, I pray that we would be reminded that nothing can defeat you nor stop your plans. When people leave this day, may they know that they're in your plans, regardless of what happens on a local scale or a national scale or a global scale. Jesus, we are with you. You love us. And nothing is going to defeat you. Nothing can defeat your plan. Use us in your plan. Lord, I ask your blessing upon these people that if and when the storm ranges around us, may your peace reign within us. That peace is not the absence of storms. It's the presence of Jesus Christ in the midst of our storms. I pray this. And Lord, I pray this, that you would remind us that there are amazing victories ahead. Thank you, Lord, that when you landed with those disciples on the other side, the first thing that happened was a man was delivered from a legion of demons. It happened because a storm took them to a different course, but you had a plan for them on the far side. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the victories ahead. May the present storms never cause us to lose focus that you hold us, that you know the future, and that you're going to use us for your glory. So this blessing, I pray, upon every person who's here in the building, every person listening to my voice, I commit them to you, and I thank you. Now, Lord, as we leave this place, or as we gather around these altars, I ask that we would go in your power and in your presence. Thank you, Jesus, that you're already not only going with us, you've gone before us. You're already there. We find great peace in that. I pray it. We pray it together. In the name of Jesus, God's people said, Amen. Go in the power and in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ.